Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you are at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you so much for joining us today for this episode of Hope Along the Journey. I'm Mark Cravens, your host, and it's a joy to have you, my friend, with us today for today's exciting uh, recording as I'm here today in the studio with none other than my good friend, John Manley. John, welcome to Hope Along the Journey. Oh, thank you. It's great to be with you. Yeah, it's great to have you. I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. In just a few moments, we're going to be talking to him about some of the perks and also some of the pitfalls of ministry. Before we do that, I do want to invite you, my listening audience, to take a few moments today after the recording is over, after the, the episode, to go to the website at hopealongthejourney.org. Again, that's hopealongthejourney.org. When you go to the website, there will be a pop-up screen that'll say, stay in touch. I'd love for you to put in your email address so you could be part of the newsletter family. So again, just go to www.hopealongthejourney.org, and we'd love to have you sign up for the newsletter. I also would love to have you to drop me a note. So my email address is, again, hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Again, that's hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you and know what you're thinking about this ministry. Remember that we are on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, You can also follow me on LinkedIn. So any way that we could connect through social media, would love to connect with you and stay connected. Again, it's a joy today to have with us John Manley. John is currently the pastor of Wesleyan Evangelistic Church. He's been there for 19 years. Are you on a lifetime call, by the way, Doc? Not that I know of. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to make a career out of this. Hey, so far, so good, though. So far, so, so good. Okay. They must like your wife. Uh, he's. <laughs> I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so you stay, right? She says, honey, I ain't moving. You move, you move without me, all right? Uh, he has been there for 19 years, but he's pastored a total of 26 years. He graduated from Union Bible College there in Westfield, Indiana, the same Bible college that I graduated from many years ago, and is currently finishing up a master's degree at God's Bible School and College. Busy, busy man, and he not only pastors, but he also operates a lawn care business on the side, and he's got a family. And he's just busy, but hey, he took time out today to go to Frisch's with me. <laughs> of course. That's part of the deal. That's part of the deal. I had to pay for your breakfast, uh-huh. and now we're here in the studio. So, John, welcome aboard. I, I, I didn't prep you for this, Doc. I totally didn't prep you for this question, but here we go. What is a little-known fact about John Manley? For instance, for me, is the fact I played trombone in... in uh, grade school and junior high, and I saw Grip Magazine. What, what's the little known fact about you that maybe a lot of people don't know? Well, see, as a faithful listener to the podcast, I was prepared for that question, even though you didn't tell me it was coming. So actually, I did sell Grip newspaper for a little while. Did you while. really? Uh, 
But that that wasn't a, a very lucrative career for me. But, no, it uh, wasn't for me either. My uh, my little known fact is I can ride a unicycle. Can you really? I can. I, at least last I tried, I did. So, uh, <laughs> and uh, it, I first learned when I was uh, in, in high school and. I got back on it different times and found I could still do it. So, uh, yeah, that's well, my claim to fame. That is so cool. Please, please go home, get your <laughs> wife to video it, and we'll put it out on through social media, Doc. I'd oh, love my. to have a video <laughs> of you doing it. Hey, by the way, I know we got to get serious here, but speaking of Grip Magazine, do you realize that former President Ronald Reagan sold Grip Magazine? I too? did not know that. So, Doc, oh, you and I and Ronald Reagan were. <laughs> We all have this claim to fame, don't we? We sold that wow. newspaper and none of us got rich doing it. Well, we want to talk today about the ministry. This is Pastor Appreciation Month, and here on the final week of the month, I wanted to have something that would especially pertain to people who are in ministry, and in particular, pastoral ministry. So if you're a pastor or a layman, I hope today's discussion is going to be extremely helpful to you. First of all, I want to talk about what are some of the perks or the positive aspects of being in pastoral ministry? What are some of the perks of ministry, John? Oh, great question, and uh, something I'm always uh, happy to talk about. But uh, I think it was Howard Hendricks I first heard say, you know, uh, preachers get paid to be good, but laymen are good for nothing. <laughs> I, 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 uh, oh. <laughs> I, okay. I, I've tried that out on a few of them, and they don't they don't always get the joke. But uh, yeah. actually, there's there's a lot of truth to that when you you think about how how privileged we are to serve the Lord, and um, and and to be able to be uh, compensated in some ways for that. And then yet my my highest esteem and appreciation for those people who they they don't get paid to to be good, but they serve God out of love, sure. and uh, I, I I think I think that's just incredible. But no, being a pastor, you better be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> better behave, I suppose. So, yeah, that's that's one of the perks. Yeah, but, uh, that is neat, though. You're right. Uh, we get you know to to develop our spiritual walk with God, to develop our prayer life, to develop all of that, and yet we get paid to be able to do that. That is sure. a perk. You're not. You you're right, John. Sure. I think uh, I think as a pastor, one of the one of the greatest things, uh, aside from a development in a relationship with God, is you get to share in some of the most memorable moments of people's lives. That's great. Mm-hmm. You know, as a as as an officiant at a at a marriage uh, wedding celebration, uh, that's just you are standing right there as as that holy covenant is being made, and uh, just watching how God's brought lives together. Uh, that's a that's a privilege. You got the best spot in the house. Oh, absolutely, that's right. And then, of course, uh, at the end of life, um, the, sometimes as a pastor, you're you're there as as someone uh, is surrounded by their loved ones and family members, um, saying their their last goodbyes. Mm-hmm. And you uh, you watch people go out, and you 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 learn lessons as as every time you see somebody's yes. journey come to an end. And then the celebration of that life through a memorial or funeral service, you you get to be there, and uh, sometimes we're the we're the last voice that speaks mm-hmm. over that person and uh, just kind of summarizes some of their life. And that is a that is a just a high calling, a a holy privilege, mm-hmm. a sacred moment. Yes. So those are those are some of the perks that honestly I don't I don't ever want to take for That's granted. Right. Yeah, it's it's like from the cradle. To the grave, yeah. 
we have those special moments, whether it be, you know, at the birth of a child, the dedication of a child, and then all the way through, like you said, the wedding, and then when finally they're laid to rest, and and we're there. And I wouldn't trade, I'm like you, I wouldn't trade anything for the privilege to be there for those special sacred moments in, in the lives of my parishioners. Oh, yeah. totally agree. One of the other perks I th- I've thought about is uh, so many times you get a front row seat into what God's doing in, in people's lives, sometimes right. in, a, in, a, in the life of a church. But uh, as you know, as a pastor, there's times that you get to see things that maybe never get spoken of publicly or, or, or moments of, of, of breakthrough in a, in a person's life where, where God just uses something, uh, a variety of tools to help somebody so get true. Yeah. unstuck or moving in the right direction. And uh, just, just had a situation last week, uh, a man that uh, somebody showed up in his driveway wanting him to sign a petition, and little did he know that this man who's far from God, raised in church, turned from God long, long ago, that man wanting him to sign his signature on a, on a clipboard was a Christian. And before it was all over, they were witnessing, he was witnessing to the man. He was in tears and he said, I got to follow up with somebody. And so uh, he eventually got a hold of me and said, I, yeah. I, I don't want to waste this moment. Well, that was a privilege to just, to just get to see that action. No, nobody set that up, but God. I mean, yes. And uh, just to be part of that. Yeah. And you do get that front row seat um, and, and things that people will never know about because they were things that we'd worked, dealt with privately in people's lives, whether it be individually or whether it be with a couple going through a crisis in their yeah. marriage. Um, I, I think in my own life, I think of one man who every time I see him, he will always bring up the fact, he said, you know, you were the one that saved our marriage years ago. Mm. Now, I didn't save anybody's marriage, but and nobody knows. Nobody to this day knows what was going on in their marriage when God allowed me to step in and help them. But you're right. You get that front row seat, don't you? You do. And I, I, I actually start to get excited sometimes when somebody says, I've never told anybody this. And it's not that I... I just want to know the, the juice all the time. Or, <laughs> yeah, or the, I understand. But you, you know, okay, what's coming next is going to be big. You know, this God's going to use this moment to to hopefully open up a new channel or maybe close a back door that's been opened in their life somewhere and and they're they're letting it out. They're 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 moving forward and that's exciting, <laughs> that's isn't a, it? Yeah. It's a wonderful place to be. And it's wonderful to be in that place of trust with people. Mm. You know. And that that to me when somebody comes to you like you said and says that, I'm getting ready to tell you something I've never told anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that tells you the level of trust that they have in you. And boy in those moments you talk about whispering prayers, man. Oh man, are you whispering some prayers? Like, Lord, help me. Here we go. You know. Yes, I I, I prayed just last week. Lord, help me not to mess this up. I, I know you're working. You know, <laughs> don't let me get in the I way. I prayed that prayer too. Don't just don't let me mess it up. Okay. Yes. <laughs> of course, the, the the power of uh, of the Word of God when when God's given you a fresh word, mm-hmm. a word maybe that's timely. That's 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 just necessary for your church for somebody and 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 getting to see where God God brings his word in season at the right time in somebody's life yeah. and having a little yeah. part of that oh that's that, that that's so gratifying yeah humbling too yeah it is there are a lot of perks and we could go on and on there just a lot of different positives I, I know you didn't share this but I think one of the things I think it was John Maxwell that said 
years ago, he said, one of the things about being a, a pastor and being in leadership is like Moses, you get to see the promised land <laughs> before anyone else goes in there. Oh, that's good. You know, you get that vision of where you believe God is taking us and where we need to be going, and you kind of get to see that, don't you? Mm-hmm. Even, and then lead your people into that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exciting. I, I really appreciate, John, you sharing some of those perks. Tell me about pit. Let's talk a bit about pitfalls. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about like what are some of the dangers, the pitfalls. I mean, I'm sure you, like me, have encountered them in our own lives that we've had to watch out for, or we've seen other pastor friends and colleagues fall into some of those pitfalls. What are some of the pitfalls of ministry that we have to be careful? Well, I think it's I think it's good that you even bring that up because. Um, Every every occupation has an occupational hazard. Yes, mm-hmm. you, you know the they call tennis elbow a reason uh, for that because mm-hmm. uh, tennis players often often get that. And of course, you you, underst- you, you understand all of those uh, injuries that are that are inherent with uh, particular mm-hmm. lines of work. But um, I think uh, a pastor's heart is his greatest asset. Of course as far as a human asset would be. We think about God's Word, God's Spirit, all of that is what God does. But what what he personally possesses is either his greatest aspect, asset or his greatest liability. Because so much of, of effective ministry, particularly pastoral ministry, is is rooted in the heart of a pastor. And if your heart's true. if your heart's healthy and and in good shape, uh, it's amazing the kind of effectiveness that God can lead you to. But when your heart is is unhealthy, mm-hmm. uh, boy, there's uh, there's there's all kinds of danger. And sometimes um, sometimes we're not the first one to pick up on the fact that our heart isn't healthy. And that's great what you're saying there, boy. I resonate with that. And I, I don't want to stray too far down this road, but I I did want to ask a couple of questions here about this because. What do you think are indicators that maybe our hearts are becoming unhealthy as people in ministry? What are some of those, like, red flags that we ought to be saying, whoops, you know, something's not right here. I need to take a look at this. Yeah, I, I think one of the first things, uh, and the, the best the best handle, the best, word, a- <laughs> uh, the best word I can put on that is, um, is when you develop this insincerity mm-hmm. where— you 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 sense it when you talk to somebody. They they kind of speak out of the side of their mouth with this little, I don't know, dismissive, funny, you know, backhanded humor on something, uh, and maybe they make fun of somebody, or, or or maybe they're 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 complaining or whining or something, and and they're they they put on their game face when they're on the platform or behind the pulpit or you know whatever talking to the right people, but. Down inside, there's there's just there's this growing gap between their performance and what their heart is, and and I think an insincere spirit or or something that starts to just surface now and then is one of those warning signs. Yeah, it it I don't want to use the term too too lightly, but it's almost we develop like a hypocrisy in ministry. Mm-hmm. We've got our game face on in the pulpit, but outside the pulpit, yeah, we begin to. To, our hearts aren't right toward the people that we're trying to to minister to. How does a pastor keep a healthy heart? What would, how do you keep a healthy heart? What do you? What are things that we could all do to keep our hearts healthy as people in ministry? 
That's that's so important. Um, one of the verses that I I pray often uh, comes right out of Ephesians. There, be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Amen. And that's that's in a regular routine of prayer for me in my in my prayer list. And um, if I run my heart through that verse and say, Am I forgiving? Am I tender hearted? Uh, have I remembered or am I starting to forget how much Christ has invested in me and, and God for Christ's sake has forgiven me? Uh, that, that begins to humble my heart and, and, and get me back to realizing I'm, uh, I'm only here because of the mercy of God. Amen. That's so good. Because that root of bitterness can, can begin to develop in our, in our lives. And I've seen pastors, and you have too, that become very bitter, their hearts, you can tell. They're something they've never been able to let go of, a hurt or an injury, a wrong. And the truth is, not just in ministry, but in all of life, you're going to get wronged along the way. No question. And that's so important to pray that verse. Any other insight you would give towards keeping your heart healthy? I think uh, one of the things that that can easily happen is is as you become more keenly aware of 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 uh, humanity and and the way that uh, that life is supposed to be uh, as far as God plans it, and then you see where people aren't measuring up, you can you can have unmet expectations. I've likened it to somebody that has a well trained ear for music, and if you're not careful, you can become just totally intolerant of somebody that has a pitch problem or, or, or something because you know yes. the standard. You you get used to that. I, I've also likened it to somebody that's, uh, well, we call them a coffee snob. You know, they 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 just have to have it. So <laughs> you, you, you got to have the right filter. You got to have the right water. Yes. You got to have the right ground. Uh, all of that. And and if they, I mean, they, they'd never dream of drinking Maxwell House again. That's just, you know, that's yeah. cheap stuff or whatever. Or but. my Folgers, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So with with increased knowledge, sometimes becomes increased frustration because yes, we, yes. we we know we know what they should be, and yet we know they're not where they ought to be, and and so I think it's so important as as the Bible reminds us that that knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, and so yes. if if our if our knowledge of God isn't growing uh, with our love for God, or if our our knowledge of humanity isn't growing also with our love for God and humanity, then we're, we're going to be frustrated people. Yes, yeah. And sadly, I have seen too many men who are pastoring out of frustration. And boy, you're right, that's an that's a indicator, man, that something down in the heart really needs to be looked at. So what else would you say? What are, are there any other pitfalls that you would think about as you think about the ministry that we need to watch or avoid? Let me circle back to that that forgiveness and, and bitterness thing you mentioned just a moment ago. I, I heard a preacher say one time, for you to have a, a healthy marriage, you need a boatload of forgiveness, both both spouses. Because there's going to be unmet expectations, frustrations along the way. And I, I say I say the same for pastoring. If you're going to to pastor well, you're gonna have to have a boatload of forgivenesses to give out. That's good. And so uh, I, I suppose it goes both ways too, because yeah. <laughs> a lot of us have to forgive oh. our pastor because it, hey, they forget things, you know. Absolutely. And, and uh, sometimes Absolutely. they have off days, and sometimes they have 
off seasons, you know, it yeah. just seems like they, 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 they haven't preached a good sermon or they, whatever, you know, how, yeah. that, how that goes. So that, that sense of forgiveness, letting go, um, is, is so important. Another thing I, I think is, is distractions. Um, that's one of the yes. big pitfalls of, of pastoring. Um, I, I remember, I'm sure you do too, those early days where you just, you, you could hardly fathom an opportunity to have my own church, you know, to mm-hmm. preach regularly every Sunday, you know, and, and to be able to, to, to have my name on that study door or whatever that is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there's, there comes that time where um, maybe you need to earn a little extra money and uh, that can become a distraction or, or somebody, uh, somebody gets a little too excited about a particular hobby yes, and that, that begins to take them along the way, a collection or, or, or whatever it may be. And I think, uh, I think every now and then we just need to say, search me, Oh God, and uh, know my heart, help me to see, am I, am I keeping my focus? Uh, Because we, (laughs) we, we need to be regularly just realigned and uh, uh, pastors need that too. That's great. John, do you think sometimes the reason why we get drawn to these distractions, because I've, I've, I've analyzed this a lot, that you see men get drawn to the distractions is because sometimes they, they're wrestling with the unmet expectations or dreams of ministry, and they're not finding the fulfillment there that they, that they once thought they were going to find. Sure. And so, therefore, they're looking for something else to fill their emotional cup, to give them a sense of success, mm-hmm. uh, to give them to make them feel better about their identity because they feel like you know, I don't know. Do you think there's some of that that plays into that, especially oh, for us as men? I really do. Uh, we we don't always get to measure a win in ministry like like someone else in another kind of Absolutely. profession does. You know, we uh, we we don't always see the goal goalpost and wondering. You know, did did we really? Make a completion there. It's it's not always clear, and and um, if you get into sales and you you get a good sale, that feels good. You actually say, "I, I got that done." If you get into building, you can look at what you've built and you look, you Absolutely. stand back, and and so the, I think there is some of that within, especially those of us that that are driven a little or, or high achievers. We we want to know we actually did something, mm-hmm. and in ministry sometimes it's fluid. It's 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 relational, and and. You, you don't always get to see how far you've really seen the ball move. Right. And oftentimes in ministry, the results are way down the road oh, somewhere. So true. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's 10 years later, you get a phone call from somebody and you realize you had a powerful impact on their life. Or like some time ago, I had a guy uh, reach out to me and say, hey, do you remember years ago when we were... I can't play golf, but I went golfing with these guys. They took me. I don't think they would ever take me again after they found out how bad I play. And so I pretty well have given it up. I've tried a few times. But anyway, he said, you remember that occasion we all went out? He said, I remember you gave me some advice. And he said, I just want to thank you for that advice. You have no idea how much that helped me, how much that helped our marriage. And I'm like, I don't even remember hardly anything about that conversation. But that was years later before I got the... The, the acknowledgement that some seed I had planted had reaped a harvest. And I, it's that way in ministry so many times is that it's down the road that we're going to see the fruit of our labors. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I could be one of those. You, you were my pastor for a season. And, uh, and I, you survived. I did. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're, you're here today. Isn't that amazing? And I, I remember, oh my goodness, I was having such a hard time trying to trying to get this whole dating and marriage thing figured out. And I remember you saying, John, you just you got to marry for love, you know. And and I was I was so concerned about marrying you know, somebody that would be a good good fit for ministry and all of that. And I remember you saying. When you're sitting at the breakfast table on Monday morning and the lights are all off at the church, you better love that girl that's on the other side of the table. <laughs> and uh, you said that, and I did. Oh, and, uh, I would say I, it again, I'm, right? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I do. Yeah, I do. yeah. I say, th- yeah. The other piece of advice, it, it, I don't know how we got on this, but the other piece of advice I give guys to is buy a good couch because <laughs> you may have to spend a night or two on it along the way. <laughs> Well, we'll just leave that one right yeah. there. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You, I mean, I remember you as a young man. I remember, you know, I, taking an interest in you, and I saw potential in you. But I, little did I ever realize, you know, where your life would be and what you would end up doing for the Lord and for the kingdom. And again, that postponement of fruit. Mm. We don't all, you know, cast your bread on the water, it'll come back to you, but it normally doesn't come back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It's generally way down the road that you reap. So, yeah, I think that's important. We've got just a couple of minutes here, John. This is Pastor Appreciation Month. So for people listening, it's like, what can I do to encourage my pastor? What would you say would be a couple of things maybe that parishioners could do to just let a pastor know that he's loved and valued and appreciated? Mm. Well, thank you for asking. Um, I think one of the one of the big things is is just just staying in touch. Um, mm-hmm. One of the worst things a pastor can can have is somebody ghost him. You know where they yes. just they just all of a sudden they disappear or they stop. And you know there there are times there needs to be a change. I understand, but it's always better for a pastor when he knows what's going on. You know, Absolutely, you're, you're yes. not you're not left guessing yeah. and. Uh, Another thing I think I, I speak personally. I, I I would assume you would feel the same. But um, when when a pastor's family is considered, yes, that that's close to our hearts. You know, when uh, uh, and our, our church has done this so very well. They've uh, they, they've shown interest in our children and my wife, and uh, they take they take interest in in making sure they know they're loved also. Um, uh, you you touch my kids, you touch my heart. You know Absolutely. that. Absolutely, that's so. right. That's right. And I think that's so important, and my church does that so well, too, and that is to let the family know how much they're valued and loved as well. Because uh, for all of us as pastors, that's always a concern in our hearts, is we we want the ministry to be a positive in our children's life. We don't ever want our children to grow up resenting or feeling like they wish their daddy had done anything else but pastoral ministry. Absolutely. that's so good. John, thank you for being on this podcast today. Thank you for listening, too, to Hope Along the Journey. Oh, I love it. Yeah, appreciate that so much, your encouragement and taking the time today to be here. And I just want to give a shout-out to all pastors or pastors' wives who are listening and let you know that you are truly loved and appreciated and valued this month during this Pastor Appreciation Month. I want to encourage all of you, wherever you may be in your walk with God today, that if you'll just look to Jesus, he will help you because Jesus is truly the hope of the world. And if you look to him, he will help you find hope along the journey. God bless you and thank you once again for listening. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you would like to know more about hope along the journey 
or if you would like to make a donation to show your support and appreciation for this ministry, then visit our website at hopealongthejourney.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for more Hope Along the Journey.